Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There are a lot of politics that happen around a hit song, you know? People suddenly want a piece of you. It's some kind of celebration time, perhaps. The 10th episode of Varvet International is here with me, Christopher Triumph. And some of you might have heard the rumor about this podcast being sponsored by the world's best raincoats. It's better that you hear it from me than speculations on the street. Yes, it's true. Varvet is brought to you by Stuttgart Raincoats, the brand that gave you the tagline Swedish melancholy at its driest. And if you get online and browse away to stutterheim.com, you'll find all their handmade garments right there and shipping is free to all my listeners around the globe. Thanks for that Stuttgart. Well, shipping is free for my non-listeners as well, but never mind. Yeah, this is the 10th episode of this podcast, but I do also have one in Swedish where I'll soon be at episode 150 or so. In perhaps one or two of those, I felt that the interviewee is or belongs to the future, so it happens quite rarely. But songwriter and artist Charlie XCX is one of those people, and when she was featured on this tune that you might have heard, I assumed she was a guest vocalist or so, but when I met her co-writers on that track, Linus, a.k.a. Style of Eye, and Patrick Berger, they stated that it was Charlie XCX who took it from a so-so demo to this fantastic track that it became. And when Icona Pop released it in 2012, well, the rest is sort of pop history. And that uh, track meant a lot to Charlie XCX's career. We'll get to that later. Charlie was born just north of London in 1992 and even though she is young she's been doing music since she was 14 or so. So it adds up to a fairly long career and she's already released two albums and over the last year or so she's been involved in three monster hits, I Love It with Akane and of course this one with Iggy Azalea. And also her own hit that goes like this. Boom, 
And this song, uh, Boom Clap, is taken from her forthcoming album, Sucker, which is supposed to be released somewhere in December or January. And I know some professional songwriters, and when someone writes three hits like this in one or two years, it's not a coincidence. It doesn't happen like that. So she has a unique talent for this, and it's uh, so fascinating to meet her because she's super charismatic as well. And I think you might hear that through the tape, which is supposed to be rolled now. Thank you. Are you staying in Stockholm for long? I leave tomorrow morning. Okay. Yeah. And you've been here for some time now? No, I got here last night. Okay. So in and out. So you're not here working... I mean, your part is done with the album. Kind of. I mean, um, like, I'm still mixing. And there's one song that I still need to write a little bit of. Okay. Which is kind of, like, freaking everyone out, because, you know, it's meant to be done. But, um... I mean, I'm really involved still until, like, right until the end, you know, with the mixes and everything. So it's still being tweaked, but it's good. I just talked to Patrick. He's, oh, did you? He asked me to say hello, by the way. Okay, cool. Hey, Patrick. <laughs> and he said that uh, you oftentimes get sort of bored in the studio. Well, because he's so, like, particular. I like to work fast, and sometimes... He'll will be there for like five hours working on a drum sound, and it drives me crazy because I just want to write the next song. But I do, you know, we did a session like a few months ago where I like paid attention the whole way through. I was like really trying, and I I actually like really enjoyed like going through drum sounds with him and talking about tambourines, which he loves. And uh, yeah, I don't know, but it took a lot. Like I just like moving on to the next song yeah. i'm always like let's just write another song now come on you know can't he do that stuff when you're you go home yeah totally but i think he's trying to make me learn that it's important and it yeah. and it is you know i've come around to that now but also it's like we write so we write so fast me and him that if we just wrote songs like every day we'd literally have 50 songs and we'd have to then finish all of them you know yeah <laughs> because he also says that in your process that you don't i mean you don't li really leave songs half done you do it all the way through yeah so you must have a hell of a lot of songs now yeah for the album i mean we wrote a lot this year me and patrick and also me and a lot of other people we wrote a lot of songs so there are a lot i don't like he likes to like half do things sometimes and i can't like it stresses me out you know I'm like, come on, we gotta like finish. But it's good. It's also good because he then has so much stuff to like bring to the table. If we're like stuck on something, he can be like, oh, well, I came up with this, this, this. I can never have that. I'm just like, I have this whole song, and that's it. You know. Uh -huh. Maybe we should introduce him. Patrick Berger is your <laughs> is songwriting partner and also a producer, right? Yeah, yeah. And you've been working for several years. Yeah, I think we met when I was either 17 or 18. So that's four or five years. Yeah, five, four or five, yeah. And I feel I've start. I've definitely, like, over the process of... Uh, my two records kind of have got to know him better and I like just really trust him now you know and 
with Sucker, the new record, I really began the writing process with him. You know, like we started together and we we worked a lot together and kind of created like the foundations of the record. And uh, I do write with other people as well. And, you know, there are songs on this record that I've written with other people and written alone and, you know, but Patrick definitely is someone that I love to work with. You know, I kind of see him as like my musical brother. Like we just click very well in the studio. How did you find him? We met because my A&R guy at my record label wanted me to write with him. And you know what's really funny? And I told Patrick this, like... On the day that we were meant to work together, I just couldn't be bothered. And I was like, oh no, I really, I'm so tired. Like, I can't be bothered. I nearly didn't go. And I'm so glad I did because obviously, like, we've kind of built such a relationship from it. And, but you know, the first day that we were meant to work together was when we wrote, I love it. Cause, and I didn't want to go to the studio straight away to meet him because I was kind of nervous. And uh, I always felt, when I was younger, particularly, like, going into the studio with, like, random people is always kind of quite a, like, scary thing, you know, because you don't know what they're going to be like. I guess it's also super personal, you know. Yeah, totally. So I got him to send over tracks. So he sent over, like, a demo, like a demo track instrumental for I Love It, and I wrote it in my hotel room and then sent it back. And then we were like, okay, we should work together more i think <laughs> yeah and you also did the the song in the hotel room right yeah 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 and is that song still in the final mix not the one i took in my hotel room but i went to the studio and just re-recorded it and then that is on the final mix yeah i have it upstairs i can totally play it for you <laughs> you're doing promotion right now yeah and you're doing it all over europe Yeah. How do you like this part of your of the process? This is totally new for me, to be honest, you yeah. know. Like, I never had to do anything with I Love It because it kind of wasn't my song. And I never had to do anything fa with Fancy, really, because, like, you know, that's Iggy. And with my first record, maybe, like, 30,000 people bought it, so I didn't really have to do anything with that either. But now, like, yeah, it's, it's very... Um, it's really tiring, you know, And it's kind of confusing. Like, I'll wake up sometimes and be like, where am I? I really don't know, you know? But it's nice, like, just to be able to hear that people are actually interested in what I have to say, you know? Because I've worked really hard. Like, I've been doing this for, like, eight years now. So it's, like, feels good. Yeah. Satisfied. <laughs> what questions do you get the most? What does XCX stand for? Talk to me about feminism. Tell me about the raves, that kind of thing. Yeah? Yeah. I had one out of, out of three. Which one? The last one. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> It's fine. The worst one is what does XCX stand for? Because everyone asks that. I won't. Okay, great. You are from Stevenage. Yeah, that's another thing. Is that how you thing. pronounce it? But I don't, I'm not from Stevenage. This okay. is like a really weird thing. So I know it says that on my Wikipedia, yeah. but I'm just not from there. And I don't know who keeps putting it on there. But Where are you from then? I'm from a place called Bishop Stortford, which okay. is like 45 minutes away from Stevenage. I've never even been to Stevenage. Okay. And, you know, it's really weird, but... Um, That's I, funny. Yeah, I'm sure it's like a really nice place or whatever, but I've not been there. I'm from Bishop Stortford. What can you tell me about that place now? It's kind of just like a quiet countryside town, I suppose. How far is it from London? It's like 
an hour, an hour out of London. So it doesn't feel like a suburb. It's not. No, I mean it's a bit further than that. It's yeah. by Stansted Airport, <clears throat> if you know that place. Yes. And uh, I don't know, like there's some cool people from Bishop Stortford, like Paul Epworth is from Bishop Stortford, and like me and Sam Smith went to like schools that were basically next to each other, and we didn't really know about each other until we kind of met in like I think at some like party or something and I was like whoa like you went to that school and I went to that school that's crazy so yeah I mean it's kind of a cool place I guess you guess yeah but you're not sure well I mean no it is I mean it's it's a very kind of like normal place as growing up I was always very fascinated with London you know I just wanted to go to London all the time whenever I could so I think that's why when I started playing at these like warehouse parties i was so like ready to go and 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 see what london was about because i didn't really feel like anyone kind of understood me in bishop stortford or in the school i was at you know it felt like i kind of didn't belong but then it's funny like i moved to london and i felt like i didn't belong there either and i still don't feel like i belong in like music world now so it's kind of just something that i think i just have a weird thing going on <laughs> where is home now for you home now is still in the countryside i used to live in london up until december i moved out and i bought a place in the countryside that it's like a ballroom which is kind of so i kind of just live in a ballroom but i've only been there twice since i got it because i've just been away but it's cool Yeah. Okay. How was your upbringing? Are you middle class? Yeah, I did have a very kind of middle class upbringing for sure. My parents were both working class, though. You know, my my mum actually grew up in Uganda. She was like a Ugandan Asian, so her family and her heritage is from India. But they all kind of grew up and lived in Uganda, and then were kicked out of the country in the 1970s by Idi Amin. My dad. He was adopted and his family were from Scotland, but he grew up very close to where I grew up in a town called Harlow, which is like maybe like 20 minutes away from Bishop Stortford. And he very much like, I don't know, what he did was crazy. He like left school when he was, I think, 16, but he started his own business from when he was 14. And he just kind of like worked constantly from a really young age and did some really cool like creative stuff like he was in like a performance art group <laughs> called floppy gravel which is really weird and um what does it mean i nothing it doesn't okay. mean anything they just got under a sheet and kind of went floppy gravel floppy gravel and people would go and watch it it was weird and then he also Sounds like great yeah right and then he also kind of like put on some like gigs and stuff in the 70s and 80s but well. was he a musician as well no he no, wasn't okay. a musician right. but where does that come from then i don't know my family aren't particularly musical like my mother or father neither of them played instruments i guess it's just something that i was into you know i kind of started making music well i kind of i started like forming bands on the playground and stuff when i was seven but that wasn't really a thing But I don't know, I think I always just had a real, like, fascination with music. And I think my real, like, obsession with music came when I found out about the record label Ed Banger. And that's when I was like, oh, my God, I really want to be a musician. I want to make music, you know. I know you started at 14, but how did you do it back then? I had this um, Boss BR1600, which was just like a plug-in kind of, like, 
recording desk, you know. And I would just play. I had, like, a keyboard, just, like, a really kind of, like, tacky, like, Yamaha keyboard, like the classic one that you'd get in, like, schools or, like, the family keyboard sort of thing. And it just had some, like, drum sounds on there as well, and I would just use that to, like, make my own beats that were always really out of time and, like, play over it, and I would just record my demos like that and then bounce them out and put them on MySpace. Did it have vocals as well? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was, like, a whole thing. I would do, like, the whole song, you know? And there are, like, maybe, like, 50 songs that are like that. You put them up on MySpace, but they're not there anymore. Or? Well, if you look hard enough, I think they are. Ah, okay. <laughs> but not under your current no. artist name. No. no. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. If you look, like, they're there. People have them. I'm just not very, like, proud of them, you know, because I think everyone makes... Everyone does stuff when they're 14. Of course. That, that they think is really cool when they're 14. And then, like, five years later, they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that, you know? But that it's not in the public sphere whereas my stuff is but But it's generous of you not to take them away well i've tried okay but you know the internet can multiply things Mm. it's tricky in that way but it's fine you know it's nothing i'm not embarrassed by it it's just like when people ask me about like my early music i always think of it as like stay away you know not like the stuff i was making when i was 14 so it's just but it's fine like if people want to listen to it they can it's not I'm not ashamed of it. I'm just like, oh, that stuff, you know? Did you ever have plans to do something else? Yeah, I mean, I went to art school for uh, a year and a half. I dropped out when I released Stay Away. But yeah, I went, I studied at this school called the Slade School of Art in London. And I was studying fine art. And uh, I was making a lot of installations and also like some video art. But I was terrible. Like, I kind of just like made videos of me like miming to Britney Spears songs and I made like a shrine to Justin Bieber and then I like spray painted all over it and like you know I just I like drew pictures of unicorns and like no one thought it was valid so I left but um it was fun while I was there you know I made some great friends there so you made music all along yeah speaking of your Wikipedia page it also says that you have a lost year or so yeah I feel like when I um I signed a record deal with Asylum Records, which is part of Atlantic Records, when I was 16. And then I didn't really do anything for, like, a year. I just kind of, like, hung out, like, went to school, kind of was still playing a few raves. I kind of was, like, doing random studio sessions, but nothing really felt right, you know? And it wasn't until I met Ariel Rekshade that that kind of, like was solved you know I felt like when I met him I really clicked with someone and that's when we wrote stay away and then and then that period was over was that frustrating at the time yeah because I didn't really understand the idea of a record label at that time you know I was very much completely isolated from that as you would be you know I thought you just like signed a record label wrote some songs put an album out done I didn't realize that it takes a long time. In hindsight, like I think as well, I was kind of figuring out who I was as a person, you know, which I still don't really know now. But like I was really young, like I didn't 
my kind of opinions on things were only just forming and like really changing a lot throughout that period. So in hindsight, like I'm glad that I didn't rush anything out. If your life would become a biopic now at the age of 22, mm. what would the, the key scenes be? Huh. The key scenes would probably be like the making of I Love It and the aftermath of that. Because that changed everything for you. Kind of, but also in a bad way as well. So not really like the success of the song, more like the behind the scenes realization of having a hit song. Like that would definitely be in there because no one really knows about it and no one really talks about it. And, um, you know, it's interesting. No one thinks about it really, but it's like weird. And also definitely like, How do you mean? Sorry. <laughs> I feel like that period of time was very difficult for me. As like a young person who'd written a really big song and as someone who had just released an album, my own record, and kind of had an, has an ego, as like an artist does, but kind of felt, I don't know, it was like really weird for me that time just because... I was so happy that I'd written this song and I was so happy that Icon and Pop was singing it and that it had gone, like, so big and I could see them, like, performing it around the world. You know, that was great. But it also felt like... I think I struggled, kind of, because I felt like I didn't get enough recognition for what I'd done. And I also felt like... Not by them in any case, because I think those girls are awesome and I really respect them a lot. But I felt kind of like I'd been used a little bit and like I I kind of wanted to like write more for the record and I felt like I'd been very much pushed away from the project not by them again like I, lo I love I know and Caroline in a big way it was like a lot of behind the scenes stuff you know yeah. and I felt I just kind of felt like really like I'd been very disrespected and um I think that was hard for me to swallow as someone who's also an artist instead of just a songwriter I found that difficult. And I also found, like, a lot of people changed around the success of that song, you know? People who had always been, like, very welcoming were suddenly not welcoming and, like, closed off. And Why is that? I don't know. I just... It felt... The whole thing was weird. I think... I felt like people didn't want me to have anything to do with that song. And I understand. Like, it's it's, like, a weird situation, you know? But I really just want to make clear that I I don't have any, like, negative feelings towards the girls. I think they're super cool and I really admire what they've done as artists and I admire them as people and I have no weird feelings towards them at all. They're awesome. They're great girls. Yeah. But, you know, just, like, there was a lot of politics around that song and I didn't really realise that that happened in music because I'd never had a hit, you know? But there are a lot of politics that happen around a hit song, you know? People suddenly want a piece of you and people suddenly want to claim credit and people suddenly want to remove you from a song because they don't want people to think that you've been involved in it or, you know, whatever. It's kind of, like, really quite crazy. And I felt really like it was something that me and Patrick and Linus and Iconopop had created and I felt like we should be able to like really be happy and celebrate it and I just felt like we kind of weren't allowed by lots of other people who weren't 
really part of the creation of the song. I don't know, but then now I've learned that that's just kind of what happens. And like, the music industry is full of fucking crazy people, you know? And that's just kind of like how it goes. And I felt, I just felt like I'd been kind of kicked out. That's why, like, I'm doing a show tonight, which I guess will be like when this airs. Yeah. a while ago yeah. but you know and we're, me and I can't pop are going to perform we'll have performed the song together and it's like really nice to kind of like be able to do that now like after all of the craziness is gone I felt like people were trying to push us apart if I'm honest and it kind of felt weird but you can't tell me who I, don't, I can't say who it's just like a load of like you know whatever we're done I don't want to talk about it anymore because no. I, I, I don't want people to feel like I have a negative feeling towards the girls because I don't, you know, I don't no, I, like, so it's just, but you know, I think I've learned that I think that it's just, that happens, you know, like I think I was very naive to the fact of like when you have a hit song, it's like suddenly people want to like jump on in and like I, I was kind of naive to that because I hadn't, that hadn't happened to me before. But now I realize that it's just kind of like everyone wants a piece. Have you become Jaden? Is that the word? No, because I've realized what that song's done for me. I mean, it's made me cynical of like people in the music industry for sure, like more so than before. Because I remember like before, I thought everyone was really like everyone's so nice, you know. And then now I kind of realize that that's not the case, and I kind of like I'm more protective of myself. But that's I think that's a lesson that everyone learns. I think everyone in the music industry is jaded as well, you know. Yeah. But um. I appreciate that song a lot and I feel very like honored to be a part of it because you know it's like put me on the map as a songwriter and I'll be forever thankful for Patrick for sending me that instrumental and for Iconopop who sung it because they really like took it in a different direction that I would never have taken it in okay in what way I mean the track was really different when um, I did my demo you know they made it into their own and also it was a song that even when I wrote it I didn't really relate to it they kind of did they like were going through that at the time I actually wrote that song in, a, in my hotel room with my boyfriend at the time sat next to me you know I wasn't going through a breakup it just kind of came out I think they kind of had been and it kind of that's why I kind of belonged to them all along that song you know It's not a coincidence that you wrote uh, such a huge shit because you've obviously repeated it, it a few times since then. <laughs> yeah, which is weird because I, I really don't feel like I know how to like write a good song. I just kind of do my thing, and I can never tell. Like I can tell when I think something's cool and when I want to sing something, and I can tell when I think something's terrible. But I don't know. Oh, it's a hit. It's not a hit. Because I think there's so many facts. There are so many good songs that don't become hit songs, especially in this day and age, because it's about other stuff, you know. But I just know when I write a song that I think is cool. <laughs> do you have a method? No, I have like a way I like to do things. Like I kind of like to just like hear music, and then I'll just grab a microphone and sing over it. And just go like la 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 la, and see what comes out, and then piece it together. That's how I like to do things, but it's not always done that way. Like with Patrick, we'll like switch it up so much. Like he likes to write a, at a guitar quite a lot, so I'll do that when I'm with him. And sometimes we'll be at the piano. Sometimes it will be over a beat. Sometimes it will just be like 
a lyric idea. I really don't have a method that's good for me because I think if I had a formula, it would feel too much like an office job, you know? <laughs> and he's also very uh, impressed with the way that you work with lyrics because he, he told me that you can basically just walk into the song booth and sort of improvise a whole verse or even a, a, a chorus or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's something that I never think about. It's just, I'll go and yell stuff. Like with I Love It, that was just, I don't know. I wasn't even thinking about anything when I wrote that. It just kind of happened. And sometimes it will even be, I'll just like go and like, go kind of like la 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 and it will sound like a word and I'll be like oh that word's cool it sounds like fancy like let's say fancy that's like a cool word you know and it just kind of goes from there yeah. I don't know and he also says that you are the songwriter of all the people he has worked with that I mean you are most in touch with your creative side sort of that's I mean you are so productive is it like an ongoing process all the time yeah Do you have something on your mind now? Yes. I, well, I was really trying to get in the studio with Patrick while I was here to start on the third album because I can't stay still, you know? Like, some of the songs me and him wrote for this record have been in our lives for, like, a year and a half now. So I'm like, okay, we're done. We need to just, like, move on to the next thing. So I want to play him stuff. And, um, yeah, it's always, like, I have to just keep going, you know? I don't like to stop, especially right now because I feel very like creative right now. But I do, feel, I do feel like I'm in touch with my creative side. But you know, I think also what's funny is that like out of all of the people that I work with over here, I also like know the least about music, 100%. Like okay. I don't know anything about music, like compared to Patrick and like Pontus and you know, like even like. Younger people like Noonie and like I don't know, they know so much. I I don't really listen to a lot of music, other than myself or like a few like a select few artists who I listen to on repeat. So maybe that's why I think because I'm so like in my own brain the whole time. I think that's why I have to keep making new songs because I need new things to listen to. You know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe uh, I can relate to that because I don't really care for new music. Right. A song has to sort of sneak up on me. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I feel that. Why are we like that? I don't know. I, I think for me it's just like I know what I like. And also like I hate the internet. Like I don't want to like search through shit. I don't know. I'm lazy. That's what it is. When it comes to music, I'm lazy. Like I know what I like. I know that there are like a few key songs that can inspire something in me and I don't also I kind of don't want to get out of my flow if I hear something that I really really like too much I'll try and copy it and I don't want to do that you know I like feel like I'm in my zone right now I don't know and I don't get bored of songs after one listen I still listen to the Uffy album on repeat I don't know how many times I've listened to that album but I'm not bored of it Like, same with Young Lean, I'll listen to him all the time and I don't feel like I've figured the song out yet, you know? I listened to an old interview with the, with you and you mentioned, Young Lean, that you had actually been working together. We, we, uh, we didn't work together, we went to Patrick's studio and played him some stuff and I actually, with me and Young Good have been trying to do something. He 
did some uh, additional production on a song. I don't know if we're gonna use it yet, but like I, I'm really, I think he's like very a really incredibly talented producer, and I want to definitely do stuff with him. I think perhaps we might try and get in the studio this year together. I really like, you know, that all of them. They're like, they just have such a vision, which I don't think many artists have in this day and age and they really have like something and it's really inspiring to like be around and to see them kind of doing their thing I'm very happy for them All the songs that you are not including on your new album mm-hmm. what happened to them? They will either be given to other people or They will maybe like sit around like in case I want to put them on my next record or something, you know. But a few will be like definitely I might see if someone else wants to sing them, you know. Mm. You oftentimes come back to something that's really interesting, uh, and that is the the fact that you need a visualization yeah. of songs, and that's called something. Synesthesia. That's super hard to pronounce for me. But, <laughs> but my wife has that with weekdays. Yeah, right. I've heard that and I don't understand that at all, which is funny, right? If someone said to me like, oh, Tuesday is yellow, I'd be like, what are you talking about? Like, that sounds so weird. I just see I don't get that at all. But you have it with music. Yeah, yeah. So I understand if you said to me like, oh, like... The Cure, like all of their music's purple. I'd be like, yeah, duh, <laughs> like it is. Know, or, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Even the other stuff. Yeah, uh-huh. I see. I see. Just as a figure, I see Robert Smith as being like a very purple person. Okay. Maybe that's kind of like overriding that, you know? Yeah. And if you oh, like here, like the Lindrom, like that sounds like kind of purple again. Actually, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, it does. You know, like. Maybe that's just because it has such an association with Prince. I don't know. But, like, sorry, I'm giving you really bad examples. But for me, like, the music I've been working on at the moment, I see that as red and pink. Okay. And, like, my previous record I saw is, like, purple and gold. And, like, sounds, like, high-pitched, like, synthesizers I see as being kind of, like, crystal. Like, I don't know. It's just something I... I can't really explain it. No, but do you understand why some people have that? No, I I don't. I don't really know too much about it. I just know what I see. And I know that if I hear a song that's green or yellow, I don't like it. <laughs> What's Coldplay? Depends which album. Okay. The yeah. one with Paradise. Yeah. That to me was like kind of like a rush of like pink. Like a rush of like gold and pink and like being on like in like a jungle with like rushes of like pink and gold and like misty air and like stars like falling all on you kind of thing the sound of like water in the background always like that's kind of how i hear that that record yeah. the one that was who produced that record Brian Eno did okay, a lot of stuff yeah. on that record and your new album which color is that that's red and pink for yeah, okay. sure yeah yeah like very kind of like bold like red and pink like huge like strokes of like angry paint is that gonna be obvious when i get the record sleeve yeah 
Um, I still haven't right decided that on the album cover, so cover. I'm Thank not you. sure. But yeah, I think it will. There will be a lot of red and pink like around the artwork for sure. Also, I'll stop talking about Patrick Berger, but he, he also <laughs> says that creatively that he can only compare you to Robin, basically, of the people he's worked with. And that's uh, a compliment, I guess. Of course. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan yeah. of Robin. What color is Robin's music? I see that as silver and also like silver and blue, I think. And is that good? Yeah. And I also see a lot of crystals when I hear Robin. Which colors are bad? Yellow, green, brown. Could you give me an example? of Pitbull or Flow Rider or any kind of dubstep, actually. The Skrillex? That's different. That's kind of like emerald green, which is which is okay, actually. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a tad late in the interview, perhaps, but how would you describe your personality? It's quite schizophrenic. I feel like I can be like seven different people in one day sometimes. It really depends. Sometimes I get like really bad anxiety. Patrick's actually seen me have like really bad anxiety, like... We were at Ingrid and I had to like run outside and like stand in the cold and be like, oh, I can't take it anymore. There's so many people. Like I kind of freaked out. And Marcus Kunegard was there as well. And he was like, don't worry. I know what you're talking about. It's cool. He actually had like a panic attack somewhere around there. That was actually a piece of news here. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. I love Marcus. He's yeah. very cool. He's fantastic. We've He's... written a couple of songs together. Actually, oh, you did? Is, yeah been really cool but nothing that we've heard yeah one uh we're gonna perform together but uh i don't know my personality is weird i feel chill a lot of the time i just feel kind of chilled you know but it's also like sometimes i feel very not chilled i feel like on edge i've like ran out of studios before because it's just been too intense you know how are you with fame i don't like the idea of it i'm still figuring it out Because I don't feel famous, so right now it's not really an issue for me. Like, I feel just like I'm making music and some people like it and some people don't. That's kind of how I feel. I don't really go to, like, fancy parties and, like, that's not really me. That always puts me on edge, you know? I don't really enjoy that. I'd rather just be kind of chilling out with people I really trust. You started so early on in this business... You sort of had to grow up in it, in a way. Do your friends have, like, can you relate to them? Yeah, because my friends who I grew up with don't care about my music at all. And that's, like, the nicest thing ever, you know? And also it's just like, I don't know, when you're with people you grew up with, it's just like a different feeling, you know? Everything just kind of goes away and you feel like... 14 again I think and that's cool and so yeah you know I have like three really close friends who I trust with everything you know they're always around one of them's actually coming on tour with me which is cool okay yeah doing just hanging out uh -huh, okay. maybe she'll sell some merch I don't know no? <laughs> fantastic yeah it'll be fun you sort of talked about that earlier that you've met some shady people in the music business but have you got rid of all those now yeah and those people kind of come and go i think i've really been lucky enough to like work with basically the same people since i was 
15. Even down to producers, you know, like, for example, Patrick, and my managers, and, like, I keep a very kind of, like, close-knit circle of people who I don't really let get infiltrated. I just like it like that, because I'm bad at meeting new people and, and making new friends, so... That's, it kind of works for me. Expectations are really high, I guess, from record companies, etc., for this new album. Does that affect you? No, I haven't been thinking about it. I feel like I've made a record I'm so proud of. I feel like I've made a record that is 100% me. I've said all the things I've been nervous to say. I've taken off, like, hit songs to put on songs that are not hits. I've, like, done what I really want and so I don't really care about what anyone else thinks I'm ju- I just know that when this album comes out I'm gonna want to tour it for two years and that's all I care about and I think I've like really thought about all the decisions I've made on this album and like the people I've worked with on this record and it feels like my album not my record label's album so they just kind of have to deal with them what happens yeah (laughs) and you sort of have creative freedom in that way 100% like I A&R'd this album myself and I executive produced this record myself like I reached out to the people I wanted to work with I arranged like a random writing camp in Strangness with like Patrick that's where I come from oh really cool we stayed at this crazy it was like this hotel it was beautiful but it had just closed as a hotel okay and uh there were like 15 of us staying there uh-huh. and it was kind of haunted and it was cool we wrote amazing songs was it just by the by the lake yes yeah okay no, yeah no. but uh i feel i 100 have controlled this record myself you know i'm published by stargate i could have just made an album with them and i'm sure it would be a great record with lots of singles but I didn't want to make an album of 12 singles strung together I wanted to make an album with like highs and lows and moments you know so I chose to work with a range of people Stargate being one of them on a on one song but you know also with Rivers from Weezer and Rostam from Vampire Weekend and Patrick and I don't know who else like a lot of people you know Um, it's an old school album yeah It's an old school album, but it definitely feels like now, you know, it doesn't feel, it's a pop record for sure. And I'm not in like denial or doubt about that. I wanted to make a big pop album and I think that's what I've done, but I've done it my way, which is nice. It might not be that strange, but you feel, and I hope you don't take this as patronizing, but you feel so super mature about your artistry in a way, even though you're 22, which is not super old. Thank you. Um, did you, did you, was that you saying that or was that you asking me that <clears throat> it was a compliment oh thanks yeah. <laughs> um, yeah thanks I mean I feel I don't feel young <laughs> yeah I don't know I've, and I take it seriously so you know I want to make good music I don't just want to make music that's gonna top the charts and then disappear and not be remembered I'd rather make something with longevity are you confident yeah I feel more confident than ever with the music that I've made. I feel, In yourself, then? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, that's always difficult. I'm like a 22-year-old in the music industry. That's It's never easy to feel like 100% confident in yourself. You know, I feel the most confident I've ever been, but that's still not 100%, you know. I always have... I always doubt myself, and I always get 
have freak outs and don't want to go out and like that's just it though I think that's why I like it I like the roller coasters and the ups and downs and not feeling normal otherwise I don't think I'd do what I do would you like to recommend something yeah I would I'd like to recommend that everybody tries wearing pajamas in the daytime because it's very comfortable and it really does feel like clothing and I'm never taking these off so I'd recommend trying that is, is that new I wouldn't want to ask you about it but um, since you mentioned it no I mean it's like just a thing I do I just like wearing nightwear in the day I put it on this morning I didn't sleep in it no but is it super expensive no this is not this is actually from it, Victoria's Secret okay. so yeah sort of expensive middle do you spend a lot of money sometimes yeah yeah sometimes but um, you, because you must have something now i also save a lot of money though that's very mature thank you i would like to buy a lot of houses okay yeah starting with one in the countryside where you've only been twice yes great <laughs> who uh, should i interview here on varvet international i think you should interview young lean and the sad boys All right. I think that would be good. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. The future wears pajamas. Uh, that's Charlie XCX. The last thing I heard about her album Sucker is that it's supposed to be released on January 26th. That's something to look forward to. And I would like to recommend uh, something to you guys that you follow Varvet in social media. That's VarvetPod on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we do also have a Facebook page. It's called Varvet International. And the people doing this podcast with me, Christopher Triumph, is our Christina Jarling Biro, who is expecting uh, a baby any day now. I'm super excited about that. And uh, my editor, Lovisa Olsson. And the theme song is made by me and Maria Marcus. Talk to you in a week. Bye bye. Electric lights blow my mind. But I feel alright I never stop, it's how we ride Coming up until we die You catch my eye Bitch, you wanna fly I'm so alive Never stop, it's how we ride Coming up until we die I don't wanna go to school I just wanna break the rules Boys and girls across the world Put it on Shoes. Going to the discotheque, getting high and getting wrecked I don't wanna go to school, I just wanna break the rules I don't wanna go to school, I just wanna break the rules Boys and girls across the world, put it on our dancing shoes Going to the discotheque, getting high and getting wrecked I don't wanna go to school, I just wanna break the rules Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlingbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.